So I'm here with George Farmer, a man okay. that, <laughs> hey, George, a man that needs no introduction uh, <laughs> in the aquarium lobby and, <laughs> and elsewhere, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, one of the most noteworthy things, uh, because I'm, I'm sure many of the viewers and listeners will already be familiar with with George and, and his body of work, but uh, s something that I still encounter all the time, um, just yesterday even, someone came in to the gallery and mentioned this, that you know their, their point of entry into the uh, aquarium hobby and moreover aquascaping and uh, keeping planted freshwater aquariums was George Farmer, and his uh, tremendous influence, your YouTube channel, and just your many years of uh, involvement and engagement uh, at that level. And so, uh, man, you've been a just a huge, huge boost. And like I say, I think a very important and very effective point of entry uh, to uh, not just I, you know, this word aquascaping, I'm it, it's a useful word, but there's uh, there's something more there too. I I think you've actually it's gone beyond just when we say aquascaping and and into the broader uh, aquarium dimension. Uh, so anyway, just wanted to put that in the intro there, George. It's uh, it's important right. work that you do. I really appreciate that, and as someone that does. Uh... Enjoy being flattered. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very welcome, man. Very welcome. Yeah. So how I'm are really you, George? Fun. I'm really good, actually. Yeah, I had a, I've had a busy week. I'm, I'm in Denmark, actually, uh, working with a well-known aquarium plant brands. And um, it's been a long day. I was awake at uh, 5 a.m. And, yeah, I've been working. I don't know if you know about Denmark, but because of how, how north it is, we have very, very okay. short days here in the winter. And so I have literally seen no daylight today at all. So oh wow, it's, it's really it's really crazy for the circadian rhythms, as I'm sure you're aware. So right. uh, yeah, it's um yeah, it's not it's not good for my sleep, and I, I have uh, trouble with insomnia anyway. So yeah, I'm a little bit tired, it's... but I've had a had a nice meal, a little bit of uh, some supplements to keep me going. So it's all good. There you go, there you go. So it's actually staying. You're not getting a lot of sunlight. Is really what's going no, on this time not, of year. Not, not, not this week in Denmark, especially. It's, it's overcast, rain, and then we have it doesn't, there's no sunrise until uh, 8 45 in the morning, and then the sun's going down at sort of 3 4 p.m. Oh, wow. I'm in a, I'm indoors all day filming in a studio, so there's no natural light there. Uh, so right. yeah, it's uh, it's not really good for one's health per se. Understood, but. It, but uh, I should be grateful to work with, you know, with uh, with what I'm passionate about. So it swings and roundabouts, as we say in England. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, you know, that does uh, introduce a area that I really wanted to uh, deep dive into today. Um, and something that I've seen as a growing uh, trend or influence in your more recent content. Um, and... The way I describe it or how I kind of frame it is uh, the aquarium as it relates to human well-being, um, because I think this is a most vital dimension of the potential or the possibility of an aquarium in a human space, in a human life, uh, beyond how we might think or what we might call hobby. Um, nothing wrong with the word or treating it as a hobby, but I, I think there's something more there. In fact, I, I know that there is, and, uh, I know many will know your story already of just, you know, what really brought you deep into the hobby, into aquarium keeping. And it's one that I've seen as a very recurring theme too, and that is uh, where people have come to it by way of some sort of uh, trauma or some sort of stress events, something really profound that affect 
affected them at a deep level, whatever that life experience may have been. And the, um, the, the degree of relief or uh, sort of uh, lessening of those events uh, that they found by engaging with aquariums was it's profound. And uh, it's, you know, it's again, it's something that I've heard over and over again. Um, and, m and many people go on to even, you know, move into aquarium related uh, activities beyond their, uh, you know, leaving their day job or something like that to just, they're, they're so, they're so eff positively affected by it that they just want to be around it all the time. Um, so I, I know you had a, a similar, uh, point of entry to it as well. Uh, many will be familiar with the story, but maybe you could just recap that a little bit for us. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. So, uh, I was in the military and the Royal Air Force and as part of my career, I did a bomb disposal tour in Afghanistan. And um, I got blown up in a roadside bomb. And I was a hobbyist at the time. And uh, that the, the bomb itself was just a, like a metaphor for a reset button. And I realized I was on the wrong path with my current marriage, this my ex-wife. And uh, on the wrong path with a, with a career in the military. It wasn't, it wasn't in my mind what I was called, my calling, if you like, or... I wasn't fulfilling my potential as a human being, uh, doing what I was doing. And um, no regrets, actually, because it gave me a lot of life skills, the military and uh, my ex-wife gave me some experience, obviously, with being married, etc. And have a beautiful child, uh, Florence, who's nearly 18. She's 18 in March, which is pretty hard to believe now. She's driving. Uh, I got off to university soon. Um, so... Yeah, that gave me the opportunity to to hit the reset button and start a, a new life as a, as an aquascaper. In fact, that's the short story. Sure, and I know. Yeah, they're even pretty early on. Uh, just to give some sense of the the history and how long you've been doing this. I mean, this was pre. I wouldn't say pre-internet, but the internet was still fairly new, and and we certainly didn't. There was no social media to speak of yet, at least in my er earliest memories. Yeah, of um, seeing your articles in the UK magazines and uh, popping up on the various aquarium forums and that sort of thing. And so you you also got pretty good at taking a photograph of an aquarium. Shit, uh, I did, back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, back before when it was still... I mean, it's still a tech. You know, the, the big DSLR yes. camera, and you had, you know, you had to deal with high, you know, ISO, ISO. You, you were screwed. It was just so noisy. So, yeah. I, actually, I learned how to use a camera through the aquarium hobby. I actually learned. I bought a DSLR specifically to take photos of an aquarium. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting path, and uh, yeah, I've been in. I've been a hobbyist for over twenty years now. Yeah. And um, a professional uh, aquascaper for almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and so, long time. But I was contributing, you know, so practical fish keeping was, it was a 2005, 2006, started contributing to them, those guys. So, yeah, that was like the original, I guess like the original influencer, you could say, because I would approach yep. brands and say, you know, I'm a regular contributor to this magazine. If you give me free plants and free products, then it will get a plug in the magazine. They wouldn't actually give me give me money, but they give me products, which is similar to yeah, sort of an Instagram influencer. Now I get free fish food or a free filter or, or whatever to, to show off in, in their Instagram feed. But I'd show it off in a magazine instead of a, an Instagram feed instead. Yeah, yeah, that was that was how it was done at the time. That yeah. was really the that was that was the way. No, you were definitely. Crazy. A pioneer then, and I think that that was a awesome segue into getting into social media and you know having some credibility built in to, uh, especially in an age. And I think it's for the most part, it's it's a good thing. But you know, in an age where 
people can just sort of show up with a with a few tanks that have that don't have algae in them uh and become uh someone now i don't know if they get to the influencer level right away but definitely this term content creator uh is relative relatively easy to access now whereas back then to forge relationships with publications and write articles and uh this wasn't uh footage you were capturing with a cell phone either this was <laughs> it was it was tricky yeah, to get it was images yeah. at you a know, level I mean, that can you, be you, you you were doing it before me mate you you, you inspired me i think you're you and Mike's book, The Inspired Aquarium. When was that released? That was early 2000s. That was uh, 2005. Yeah, this is this, this is as I was, yeah, coming into it. And yeah. uh, you guys were like my North American kind of North Star, you know, and I looked up to you, I looked at your content on, I think it was Aquatic Plant Central Forums, you know, yeah. those, those days. And you yep. would have these, and I know you were a keen photographer. I mean, there was the aquarium photography forum, wasn't there? Do you remember right. that? Yep. Yeah, that was a and good I, one. I, I was actually just remember, thinking about that one. I remember your really strong your style as it is now, just a minimalist, but beautifully ragumi, black back. Yeah, just really, yeah. So, yeah, I remember Thank it you. well to this day, mate, and you were a huge inspiration. So, it's, it's really, it's really nice to, to be talking now almost what 18 16 years later whatever it is you know yeah <laughs> no. so things have moved on and we've got a bit older now <laughs> that's for sure man that's for sure but I, no, I really appreciate that and like you i i didn't know anything about uh photography until i mean i learned because i wanted to photograph aquariums and i wanted to photograph them i aspired to be at the level that mr amano was uh because that's of course the original inspiration and uh yeah. you know there wouldn't even be an adg without him but just seeing aquariums photographed in that way i just i said i gotta i must learn how to do this you know one way or another i've got to sort this out and uh this was in the days too you know of the if you had a 3.2 megapixel camera you had a that's a pretty sophisticated piece of tech at the time yeah it was and, and you're learning real Absolutely. quickly that wait a minute mr amano must be shooting with something else because well, he, had uh, easy, I can... <laughs> he had large format films made for yeah. him, didn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just, and that, it was at the next level, mate. Absolutely. And he always will yeah. be, won't he? No, no one's ever going to exceed his skill at, at photography. In my mind, I don't, I don't think it's possible. Personally. It's true. It's true. Yeah. There was the one time I was in the Nature Aquarium Gallery and he did a demonstration of how they photograph an aquascape there in the gallery. And it was a, a 180 centimeter. And uh, this was a, it was an elaborate affair. I mean, there was, yeah. there was no less than 10 people involved. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, from, I guess with the large format cameras too, they have to change out, like you get one exposure and then they have, they change out this kind of, I'd call it a cartridge or something. I don't, I don't know all the terminology, but, and then there's two guys, two or three guys behind the aquarium holding up a big diffusion screen and then there's someone else running lights behind the diffusion screen to get that classic gradient effect that he would do with the kind of the blue into the white um, yeah. and then you've got guys operating the fans or the hair dryers to get the yeah, ripples yeah. just right and then yeah. somebody with a little feather duster kind of little just a, a little stick with it, like a feather duster trying to get the fish in a certain way and yeah. Mr. Mono, of course, sitting back in his director's chair, <laughs> just calling yeah. out the plays the whole time, you know, to get, yeah. because, you know, with the large format, you can't sit there and just uh, do uh, a long away. burst All or right. something. You've All got right. one, which even speaks to, you know, those perfectly captured moments even more. But anyway, just all fascinating stuff from the history. It is. It is but, fascinating. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned uh, the some of the effects right now, let's say, of the uh, seasonal conditions there in Denmark, for example, sunlight, this kind of stuff, which points to a certain awareness that I think you've developed about uh, just this this well-being dimension. And so you, you have a more of a sensitivity to the fact that the, maybe the 
the circadian rhythms are a little off. You know, the, the, this is going to disrupt the sleep, et cetera. And, uh, it just brings me to the inquiry of, you know, how much of a role your aquarium keeping, you know, plays. And let's say when you return home and that kind of seeking that reset and, uh, just kind of your thoughts on the aquarium's relationship to this dimension of of well-being um, that it's just so so clearly a, a, a one of the key sort of things that it offers us. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's, it's so multifaceted for me, but I think um, the main thing is enjoying enjoying the enjoying the the process but enjoying um just just connecting with something uh in in the moment you know in the, in the present moment so whether you're planning an aquarium you know building an aquarium maintaining an aquarium or consuming an aquarium you know sitting in front of it even photographing an aquarium or videoing an aquarium you know, while I'm doing all these activities, I'm completely in the present moment, you know, and I have no, I'm not thinking about the past, the future, I, I'm just in the zone, in the flow state, you know, and I can get in that state very, very quickly and relatively easily now. And I really believe that I've kind of made it a part of my daily uh, meditation practice as you know spiritual practice that i'm building on every day by day and and the more i work with these living entities that are in our care and the more the more i work with plants in particular and fish and, and invertebrates and and water in general and, and natural materials the more i realize that we're all part of the same thing you know we're all just one and it's, it's, that's the magic for me. And if, if I'm ever in a, if I'm ever in a, you know, I, I still suffer from various, uh, mental health issues from, from, you know, I won't list them all. Um, but what I will say is just, just the act of feeding the fish or cleaning the glass, you know, or trimming a leaf, it can lift you out of that that dark place if you're in a dark place or if you're human slightly low because action drives action you know and I used to procrastinate so much and just used to make excuses not to do things and used to self-soothe with various substances or alcohol you know but actually it's keeping an aquarium and keeping it healthy and looking after this miniature universe you know these living things are, are completely dependent on us you as the aquascaper as the aquarium keeper and we have a responsibility to give them what what they need uh, to, to 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 their welfare should, should be paramount and by doing that you, you're serving something bigger than yourself you know and and there's a real power there's a real sense of ego death almost because you, you're not you're not just serving your own um, selfish kind of ego you know I used to be obsessed with growing on YouTube growing on Instagram you know having just looking through the comments and only seeing negative comments and just all this BS and what you know you take a step back and you know you realize why are you actually doing what you're doing it's not it's not to get the the numbers it's actually to live a good life you know and you can I believe we as an aquarium keeper, as an aquascaper, can can use that process to, to live a good life. And and there's so many, you know, we can go over many tangents, you know, about aquascaping in particular. Um, but yeah, aquascaping has taught me how to live a good life. In, in essence, I guess. Wow. Yeah. No. I, that's a great way to put it. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I've always said it's a magical combination of things. I mean, you've got water. I mean, this, this body is, what's yeah, it, over 70, 72% water. water. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly yeah. we, there's just such a resonance there. Then you have uh, life, you have those little life forms in there that clearly have uh, their own little isolation of consciousness as well. I mean, clearly they're alive. 
And when you can bring in, as aquascaping generally seeks to do, uh, when you can bring in the dimension of design or composition, uh, art that become now we're talking art or expression or creativity. Wow, what a what a powerful uh, combination of variables to uh, be so effective at calming us down, uh, if nothing else. And um, I'm fascinated by the part, and um, I, I sense that you've recently or in, in the past few years maybe taken more of a exploration into this realm, uh, but the the part where the aquarium is clearly, uh, there's clearly a communication link, is just one way to put it, uh, to something something deeper within us uh, because there's so many reports, <laughs> so many reports from aquarium keepers of all kinds of this calming down. And for a lot of years, actually, there's been uh, actual scientific research that proves that when we observe the aquarium, the fishes in the water, I think if you bring in composition, you only deepen the effect, right? But that this is actually uh, physically calming down the body. You know, the heart rate's coming down, the blood pressure's coming down. Um, even brainwave states are shifting towards the meditative end of the spectrum. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, Andrew Huberman. Um, I but he's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Huberman keeps aquariums. He does. I reached out to him recently. I don't know if you have. Oh, yet. awesome! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Very I, I, cool. Yeah, I haven't got a rep- I haven't got a reply, but I, sure. <laughs> yeah, I heard on a few podcasts he's mentioned the crayons a few times. Yeah, disc- just thought, discus wow, even, even I think too. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just yeah, really cool. Um, but you know, here's a guy who clearly has a handle on the science. You know, yeah, this is something sure, beyond just uh, our our guess or our perception that it's calming us down. I mean, there's objective empirical evidence that that is happening. And the point I would be trying to make by that is to say, say first to say, wow. (laughs) And secondly, to note that when you observe the aquarium, when you interact with it, all the things that you just listed that have this soothing effect. Um, that's not a doing. In other words, you're not saying to yourself, the self-talk in the head is not saying, I'm looking at an aquarium now. Heart rate, please slow down. No, no. I, I'm, so looking, I'm looking at an aquarium now. Please, body, feel more relaxed. It just happens. And... It's, so it's one of those things, I mean, it's just, it gets into the realm of just placing one's attention on something, as you said, that's in the now, in the present moment. But beyond that, there's a, there's clearly a communication link. And the aquarium is not the only thing that does this. I mean, it, there's many things in the world, but an aquarium does have this, it, as part of its most multifaceted contribution to well-being, uh, it has this capacity to communicate with the, I call it kind of the inner wisdom of the body itself. That's something beyond mind. This is beyond thought and thinking and self-talk in the head. And so I love when you pointed to sort of this uh, this ego death situation. Because, man, there's not, a, there's not a second way to put it. That's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. And when you take in that scene, you're meditating and you're meditating without any sort of great effort to do so. Um, and I just it's think very that zen, that's... It's a very Zen style of meditation. It's, it's uh, the art of it nothing is. almost. And uh, you're right. It's all about quieting the mind. And I don't know how it works. I don't know the science. I'd love to, I'd love to hear 
Andrew Huberman do a whole podcast on it. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, he did a he did it's a podcast with Sam Harris. Yeah, he did a podcast with Sam Harris recently. Did you hear that one? Oh, I have not. Because no, I love Sam just, Harris too. Yeah, Big Sam, Sam Harris comment. fan. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it was the first one this year that they did there. It was like a three-hour, three or four-hour. That's amazing. And it's, it's the I only one I've listened to in one sitting. Yeah, absolutely. I got to catch up. So, um, yeah, the 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 I don't know what it is, and I can't I can't intellectually explain it. But there's there's the beauty. You don't need to intellectually explain it. I don't think it it maybe needs to be because you can just feel it. And if you just let yourself go, and I think this as someone who's kind of um, used to be a bit of a perfectionist, always analyzing the aquarium and go, what, what do I need to do next in order to make it look better? You know, where's the algae? You know, where's the, the unhealthy leaf? You know, to, to ignore that and just be present with it and just accept it for how it is. Maybe you spend a couple of minutes, you know, doing a health check, but then, you know, just sit back and, you know, I've, I have a chair, you know, a special stool next to my aquarium now and then I'll have Sometimes my dog will sit on my lap and then I'll just sit there. Sometimes because of my insomnia, it, it might be a bit kind of not completely animal welfare. <laughs> Three in the morning, I'll put the lights on in the aquarium, I'll get my dog and I'll sit there and just, you know, zone out. And, and it's just magical. And I've really, I can get into that, that state of arrival straight, you know what I mean? By arriving straight away, you're just there connected you know, one-to-one, the oneness, you can feel it. I get the shivers right now thinking about it. And uh, yeah. it's just magical, yeah, and you can you can feel the art rate. When you become more kind of in tune with your own body and mind connection, you can li- literally feel feel yourself just, you know, relaxing. And and then I'll, I'll put Betty to bed and I'll turn the aquarium lights off and I'll go back up to my bedroom and then I'll go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. It's 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 an. I just think it's an important thing that's often, uh, it does get overlooked. I don't, and I I'm not I'm not totally sure why. I mean, I have sort of some theories, but I don't feel like they're very good ones. Just as far as like, of of all the possible things, uh, and as as important as that one seems to be to so many people how it's sort of been kind of overlooked maybe it's because there's maybe it's because there's not a lot that one can say about it and it's not the flashiest um content either maybe that's why it seems like it's in the background i mean even i feel like the aquarium marketing the aquarium industry has never really put a hard focus on that aspect of it again probably because it's they don't they miss the connection possibly not all of them but many miss the connection between the possibility of better marketing of their products through leading with this important aspect of the aquarium as it could be a benefit to your health or your well-being as opposed to you know how bright a light gets or how much water a pump moves around this kind of thing. You know, it's, it's sort of like, that's all sort of secondary to this really important thing that we all seem to be craving these days too. I mean, everybody I think is seeking greater peace of mind, greater inner peace by, by any, by any means necessary, you know, but, um, and so it's why it's a point that I, I, I love to discuss and bring up, um, especially especially when I've got a, a an influencer on the line <laughs> to uh maybe start a shift and I'm I in which you're doing already uh I am I'm, I'm seeing you infuse your content with this dimension and um I just think it's it's it's, it's really cool thank you I don't know if you're aware do you, do you follow green aqua the YouTube channel, Green yes, Aqua. The yes, very much. Yes, big time. The, um, I did a video with them recently. It's just been published today. It's like, I'm not trying to plug what I am plugging right now. Oh, no, plug but it. We did, plug we, it, we, man. We did, a, we did a video, and it's the, the philosophy of aquascaping. 
Yeah. And as we're talking about this and, and the mental health benefits and how you can use, you know, you can use aquascaping as, as a source of meditation, uh, flow state. And yeah, it's great. There's me and Balash and we just set up a, you know, 60p style aquarium. Awesome. And rather than talking about how to do it, we were talking about why we're doing it. And that was the Love whole it. theme is why and start with why, not, not how. We didn't talk yeah. about the lights. We didn't talk about the filter. We didn't talk about the aquarium, you know. We just talked about why we're doing it, uh, why is it important, and how we can. Uh, the the aim for me was to get the viewers just to perceive their aquarium in a different way, not not just an object in their room to look at and enjoy and then show off to their friends and feed the fish and aren't they pretty, and, but actually you know connect with it properly you know, and and then really use that power of now you know to quote Eckhart Tolle book you know just stay in the moment and um, because you know we're comp- in in today's age we're just bombarded you know i have to have all my notifications turned off on my phone because it's just you know literally thousands a day and um you know I've, I've i've deleted my instagram account for that reason because it was just taking so much energy away from me and A you know it's move. just yeah but it but it's what's more important right your happiness or having a hundred and odd thousand followers you know and if if, if they if they like my content then they can they can get it from other means and, and other means in terms of creating putting more effort and energy into creating more meaningful long-form content that i'm taking a lot more care and attention over and actually using that mindfulness aspect during the creation process of, of creating the content and then combining this you know last couple of videos i've done you know i've actually talked about mindfulness you know overlaying you know nice cinematic b-roll and i think the, the two match perfectly and you know i'm sure you guys are kind of going that way as well in some some respects yeah no and that that's admirable george it takes a it's funny to say because it's just an app on your phone but i i can say it it takes that takes some courage to hit that delete button on an account on instagram because you know there's such a connection to uh well i mean one just kind of this 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 the natural self-seeking that i think mm. we all sort of do with social media and i think few few are can truly claim to be above that. I mean, some people certainly are, but I, I think most of us, there is a, we all want more likes and more, we want more eyes on our stuff. We, um, and at some point, you know, there, there's, these are generalizations, but I mean, I think that's, and then for yourself, it was part of a, of your, of a broader uh, career path or, or part of your business model even. And I think there's something to take a look at there. I mean, something that really hits me uh, pretty directly in terms of the uh, the realization that it's not the 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 necessary force or the necessary thing that we come to think that it is, and we hear deleted for for someone who's a content creator. You know, that's sort of whatever term you want to put on it. That's that's what they do. That's their full-time job, you know? I mean, that's what they... They don't have a day job and then they make content on their their stuff at home at, in the evening or whatever. Uh, the realization that the, you know, a platform like an Instagram was having a more detrimental effect and maybe even affecting your ability to deliver an authentic message, you know? I think... Uh, was it something where it got maybe too, uh, there was too many, too many, too much baggage there. Is it sort of a baggage situation where it's easier just to walk yeah, away? It's, it, it's very complex. It's very, very multifaceted, very complex, but it, in essence, I was spending, it was very distracting. And I mean, like distracting to the point of where I couldn't enjoy taking my dogs for a walk without thinking, oh. That looks brilliant. I need to take a photo of that and share it, you know, as a story on Instagram because it's natural and you know the leaves look beautiful. And I'm using my creative mind, and you know, I can I can make an argument for saying, you know, I'm being an artist and I'm, I'm sharing my love of nature, but I'm not being present in the moment, Jeff. 
you know, and I'm not enjoying that one-to-one time with my dogs, with my family, and I'm just off- offloading my sense of self, my, se- my, my sense of um, fulfillment. I'm outsourcing it to other external sources, and I should be getting it from myself, you know, inward, not outward. And Instagram is just the perfect tool to distract me from from being in the present moment and there was lots of other stuff you know there's some toxic people on there which are in essence bullies you know and i just couldn't be bothered to deal with them anymore so i was just like i don't need it any i don't need it i've got youtube i've got a book i write for a magazine i'm writing another book i've, I've i'm working with some great brands i've made some great people i've got a beautiful family a beautiful home i don't need instagram and actually, I tell you what, mate, it's the best thing I've ever done, deleting it. It's just given me so much more focus. 2023 is a year of staying in my lane, keeping my house in order. They focus on the unconditional love for my family and myself. And Instagram was just a massive toxic dagger in, in the heart of all that. So taking that dagger out and it's healed. So cheerio, Instagram. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. I now that gave I was getting chill bumps as you were were saying that. Uh yeah. Because it's something I've not, struggled. No, go ahead. It's it's sorry, it's a great platform, right? And and I and it and it, I've I had some great friends on and a great community, some real positive vibes, and there's still some brilliant people on there, great positive vibes and nothing against these people, but it's just not just not for me. Yeah, for you. For you, and that's the thing. And um, yeah, exactly. It, it it resonates with me too because I've, you know, we sort of have a history of very inconsistent posting, and you know, I've never really embraced it at the at the full level of trying to you know get more followers and all this sort of thing. Um, but I can't claim. In all honesty, you know, from the from the egoic perspective, I cannot claim to have, uh, let's say, to to resist posting for any sort of good reason. In other words, um, I I I didn't, I or I should say that not posting gave me feelings of guilt and sort of. Uh, uh, sort of a fear of missing out, um, that that feeling always lingering in the background. For and sometimes I wouldn't have posted for for you know weeks or months even. And I think every single day it became something that e- even though I had sort of broken the habit of posting, it was still bothering me that I wasn't. Um, yeah. And I just I tried to just take a long look at that and. I tell you, it ends up more or less the same place every time for me, and I and I feel like it's such a blessing and something I'm so grateful for have to have had the experience. But um, I realize that this is just mind. This is just this is ego 101. What is it yeah, other yeah. than yeah. other than thought and thinking and the self talk in the head? There's no actual i i would have to manufacture this guilt or this feeling of missing out or somehow selling myself short by not posting on on instagram or facebook or whatever the case is um and it's fine if you and i think a lot of people really they enjoy it or it is a it's an it's an outlet for them in some kind of way and you can sort of tell those types too from the nature of their content a lot of times because they, it it just seems to be things they just posted sort of or they posted it naturally or it was just it doesn't come off with any sort of attempt to do or be anything, and you can sort of take it or leave it. But you know once you're involved at the level of branding or marketing or it's a different it's just a, it's such a different game. And I'm sure you've seen these, uh, you know, content creator. I've seen it with YouTubers even as well, where they reach a point where they're and they'll do the big video where they come out and say, "I've got to, t- I've got to step away for a while." 
Um, and it's they're usually citing some sort of mental health uh, challenge that they're facing as a result of the pressure for content creation. Um, Absolutely. And it's self-imposed, usually. Yeah. In fact, probably 99% of the time. And it's, it's just, like you say, it's the self-talk. And yeah, burnout's a real thing. You know, I, I was almost there at the end of last year. You know, I said before we started recording, I think five or six trips to North America. You know, that going back to the wellness thing, you know, that amount of time in an aircraft, you know, uh, the, the, the time zone shift, the circadian rhythm shifts, the port. It's really hard to eat well. And I'm really a big fan of good nutrition. It's really hard to eat well in North America. No, no disrespect. But if you're oh, a, sure. living in an exhibition center, yeah. You know, there's no like whole foods down the road. There's, you know, you yeah. can, they've got a, it, everything's, you know, anyway, no disrespect to you, to the. No, 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 your, you're right. It, trust guys, me. But oh, trust really me. Hard. It's really, really hard. And I'm, you know, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm, you know, mid 40s, you know, and I'm not, you know, I have to look after myself. And um, if I want to live a, a, a good life, you know, which I'm trying to do. So, um, yeah, for that reason, no, no more travel to North America this year, more than likely. So it goes in my, my mission of staying in my lane, keeping my house in order. Sure. You know, focusing on UK stuff, European stuff. I mean, it's literally an hour flight to London and then a, an hour in the car home. So I can door-to-door three hours from where right. I am now to home, you know. And I had one hour shift in the time zone. So it's, 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 it's fairly straightforward. But North America, mate, it's just... And those exhibition centres, oh, my goodness no natural light all the fluorescent lights in the world all the leds all the noise everyone wants your attention everyone wants a selfie every you know everyone's looking and it, and it's great don't get me wrong what a great uh, very privileged position to be in that people want to watch me work and when I, oh, and i love spreading the word of aquascaping of course but it it takes it does take so much energy and you know i experienced that last year absolutely yeah the energetic part of it is is definitely a challenge um and i I like that you point to the possibility of a more authentic message or or that you're able to to deliver your message your content your way um perhaps more authentically without as many distractions or again without sort of a a re- this relentless demand that Instagram would would place on your time, and you know, feeling like it, every everything you were doing needed to sort of be captured, and it gives you it do, it's in how it's potentially giving you a greater focus um, on exactly what you want to do, what you want to be, the story you want to tell, and um, which I relate to as well, just from. I dared to put my time and effort and focus into creating an in-person experience uh, in the gallery, in the ADG gallery, in what we call the Aquarium Design Store. Um, and feel, again, I just I just relate to what you're saying so much in that, uh, and it, it's, it's helpful to hear somebody that was in a position uh, like yourself that was able to sort of really make that that bold step of of saying, you know what, I recognize this as something that's not a positive force for me anymore. Um, and sort of stepping away from that. Uh and it I don't know, it just it 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 feels good. I think there's a I think you are offering a potential uh sigh of relief for a lot of people out there to kind of go, okay, okay, maybe I don't need to Maybe I can take the pressure off a little bit. And if you enjoy it, that's great. But um, that it's not something one need feel, you know, it's the most right. important thing. But I, I love the part where you're able to get more of a of a focus or the authenticity of your message is uh, able to, you're able to deliver that in a more yeah, concise to way. It, it's, yeah, I mean, to summarize it, you could just say quality over quantity. You know, yeah. and, and rather than spreading that that content thin and wide, you know, we actually taking stock, taking more time and energy, and putting it into one smaller 
but more meaningful projects. You know, so now I'll spend you know, two or three days on one video rather than recording, you know, a video every day with my mobile phone. So now I'll, right. I'll get out my big camera, I'll get out my microphone, I'll do a shot list, I'll do a voiceover. I'll, you know, I think about the story, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll take high quality photos while I'm doing it. And, you know, these are all, I, I, I start to lose my, my creative edge, I think, in terms of getting get those images, you know, and that's where I cut my teeth in the hobby, you know, going back to the DSLR days. I love I love holding a camera and looking through the viewfinder. You know, I don't like mirrorless cameras. I love getting that up to my eye, looking through it. You know, I'm a military background, so it's almost like being a sniper, right? And you've got it up in there. You're in the zone. There's no light anywhere. It's just you, the viewfinder, and what you're looking at. And there's a metaphor. It's just like in the moment. You're zoned in. You've got your target. That fish is swimming. You're tracking it. You know, and one shot, one kill. <laughs> not like with your phone and 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 you know you've got like um live you know live and it's taking like a hundred frames in a second and you can pick which one and you're like brilliant but there's no real skill or creative um endeavor there anymore and it and it's a tool you know and, it, and, it, and it's great if you want to off the cuff just shoot something really quick share it that, that's fine but for me it i was losing the the spirit of what I was doing, you know, and going back to sort of Amano, you know, and his large format cameras, it's, we're no, I'm not, you know, we're nowhere near that level, but kind of putting that same yeah. amount of energy and effort into creating the best piece of art, you know, that I could. And, and, that, yeah. and that's where I get my real dopamine now. I don't get it yeah. from getting a thousand likes on the photo that I take with my phone. I'm ranting, but there we go. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's true. And, you know, when you point to a mono and the use of a large format film camera, um, too, that's a, it's a great analogy because uh, and one, he never he never abandoned that. I mean, right up to the end, yeah. that's how he yeah. was photographing everything is nature stuff and, and everything. Um, but the, it's it's definitely something where, again, yeah, it demands a certain engagement, a certain presence that is. uh it's just different when you're doing it with your phone. That's, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, that's just a part of it that I, I think in many ways, this approach that you're describing, it's kind of just now occurring to me like, like this, but that it, it's actually more appropriate to aquariums or aquarium content, or especially aquascaping where so much of the process of the sequence is that, really being present and really taking the time. And there's a, there is a definite patience component that uh, is just an inextricable part of, of doing it. Um, and yet the sort of pressure or the, or the rush or the endless content capture of it is, um, it's just strangely at odds. Like it seems much the the way you're talking about presenting your content seems way more aligned with the way that we do aquascaping or or even just aquariums in general. So it's it's a it's a funny parallel that I see. It's like no no, it's part of why these uh, and they're fun. It's for fun, but the contests that they'll have at the uh, aquashellas and the expositions and the you know the the where you have a time element on aquascaping has always seemed very strange to me okay you've got one hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is yeah, yeah. And that this this is somehow supposed to be a test of your skill um you know and i've i've done my share of these things myself and i'm <laughs> kind of going man this yeah. just it just doesn't it's so funny that we have to we have to do that to everything these days, I guess, because it, it's just so at odds with the actual skill of it as you're discovering. I think you're really tapping into this at a multi, in a multifaceted way. And I think you're seeing even your own content creation. Uh, I love that you're choosing this path again, that's, it's just more aligned with the principles of aquariums in the first place. And, uh, 
it that it, it hit it, that hits. Let me tell you that hits because I I'm probably one to have made a habit of getting uh, distracted too easily or um, changing things too quickly because they weren't going a certain kind of way or again that pursuit of perfection or um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, just since I've done this podcast, I've already changed the my aquarium behind me three times. <laughs> you know, there's currently <laughs> there's currently just a few tetras in it because I'm changing the fish again. I tried discus again. I was like, what? I don't honestly. I don't really enjoy discus that much because uh, I don't. I've tried just, them twice now. Um, they're just such hard work. It's or and, and this. Was it the, is it the size, uh, the swimming behavior for you? Was it just the was it the high maintenance, the high temperature, and what is none it of you? that? It's a simple thing that's a recurring theme, and that is when they don't eat. And this, I I just go through this all the time in planted tanks, in all kinds of hearts. I mean, in a lot of situations, and this game of getting them to eat. Uh, for me, I may, that I know there's so many people going to hear that and go, I never had a problem getting to eat. What are you talking about? You know, um, but that, that for me to, to have in these, my last group I had in here, they were spawning. There was two pairs with, and that's probably, maybe that's part of the problem is the yeah. spawning activity is just disrupting the, the, the group dynamic too much. But these fish looked impeccable. They were in perfect health. All the all the criteria were met. And they and they were very interested in food. If I went when I went to feed them, if I opened the cabinet door to get out the food, all those cues, they're responding. They're coming out. They're coming up. And every food that I gave them, tried and true classic discus foods, uh, they're putting it in their mouth and spitting it out. And they're not even going down and cleaning it up later. You know, the five hours later, there's uh, there's swollen pellets down on the bottom of of the uh, of the tank, and I'm just kind of going, I'm not doing this again. You know, I just don't. I that that part is so that is just not that. There's no challenge there anymore for me. I just I just found it really unpleasant. Um, yeah, it's it's sad, isn't it? Because they're in our care. These are living entities. Yeah. If they're not eating, then we're not doing our job. You know, and and it's not fair on the fish. So yeah, yeah, leave them leave them for someone else. Hopefully, to do to care for and them. So, so yeah, sometimes I'm gonna go. There's not even a good reason why the the fish looks well and healthy. They respond. They just they don't they not want the food. I don't know. And then if you if you get the meeting, a lot of times you see this thing where there's a group dynamic. All, all discus groups in aquariums reach this point. Unless you're at really at scale at really big aquariums with big groups, I see a lot less of this. But generally, there's a kind of there's a natural hierarchy in there, yeah. and there's always yeah, the yeah. the last guy in line who will even eat, but still become dark and start to lose weight and just not be as nice as the. There's just a bunch of things going on there where I start to go. Not not so sure. This is a. It's not a situation with a predictable outcome, I guess. And I admire those that can endure the challenges and create those balances. I guarantee you anybody trying to do it more than once is going to encounter these kinds of problems. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a shame. I, I mean, I love the fish and I know it's not, and I know yeah. this isn't everybody's experience, but probably because I've done it a lot of times. I think if you've had two or three discus aquariums and you, more or less things went okay, which is happens also. Um, and that's happened for me also. But once you've done a certain at a certain amount of times, you see these recurring patterns where uh and no one can give you an answer. Heiko Blair himself is not able to give me a, a coherent answer as to, you know, why this behavior is happening. Anyway. Don't say anything about Heiko. <laughs> yeah, right. it's a bit of a yeah. tangent, but you know, it's um. Yeah. So, what are you it's keeping? What, it's a, what are you keeping in another? Just tetras. There's a few tetras. Actually, today, my the the fish I'm gonna I'm gonna the feature fish are are uh, arriving today this afternoon. Um, oh, nice. And it is a uh, tiger sebrums. So they get the oh. very like the red the the sometimes there's a couple of different types in that same 
there's actually quite a few different Severums out there um, beyond just the reds and the greens. Um, these get that really broad, uh, dark orange kind of stripe, uh, sometimes no, called the orange shoulder or red shoulder. Um, gorgeous fish with, to me, a lot of the depth and color and interest of wild discus even. I mean, yeah, obviously great. a yeah, yeah. completely different fish, but, you know, I wanted something yeah. kind of large and with the, kind of that broad-sided body, uh, but a fish that will, they will always eat whatever you give them very happily. <laughs> They're easy to grow. Kind of underrated for all of the uh, the uh, sort of wow factor and, and demand for discus. Um, man, there's some of the other, you know, larger kind of more round shaped South American uh, cichlids that are just stunning uh, animals. I mean, really beautiful. And they're very intelligent as well. I, I love that interaction you can have with cichlids. I mean, I have uh, Chindongo Saluzi, you know, the classic, uh, the yellow and blue male and females. I have yeah. a beautiful collection now in my 300 liter was for 90 gallon, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're just, and they're intelligent, and they know it's me. When I anyone else that comes to the tank, they're not interested. I come to the tank, and they go crazy for me. And you know, I, I follow them around, and they're, they're they're breeding, and it's a different part. It's different to aquascaping, of course. So this pet is almost like pet keeping, and we're talking about connecting with the animal of more of a one to one than the the kind of zen aquascaping modes that we we have as well. But it's all about connecting, isn't it? It's all about connections, you know. And uh, yeah fish i've got I've, I've developed such a passion for the fish i work closely with my friend ty streetman and he's working on this amazing book project and i've never it's just really changed my mindset of actually i used to just think about the scape first and then the fish shoot the scape but now it's the other way around it's like think of the fish and then create the scape around the fish and what a beautiful thing because these are living things and they have a right to be looked after they're not just a, a floating ornament, you know. And it's true. They're actually living entities, you know. And I'm not going to go down the vegan route or anything, but they're, you know, they're these are things that we should be looking after to the best of our ability, in my opinion. And I'm guilty of not doing that in the past, you know, pumping up that CO2 until they're nearly like gasping and then just tweaking it down a little bit, you know. None of that anymore. It's it's like the fish come first. Yeah. And that's that's a that's sort of a I think a a pretty common arc that one would take if their uh first aquarium experiences were just based on on high level aquascaping. Um where again it's it's it is a different mindset and I mean I've always had a a passion for all kinds of aquariums and always done all kinds of aquariums and you know, I've made my share of mistakes and I too have been very guilty of uh, treating it too much as design or ornamentation or that sort of thing. Um, it's something I've loved about having this podcast and, and on, all honesty is just on a real regular basis getting to have in-depth conversations with, with other people that, that, that keep aquariums. Um, it's very naturally kind of deepened my my respect or my my just a certain gratitude for the fact that I'm keeping any any aquarium at all in the first place, uh, and I've, it's kind of softened the edges for me as far as the demands on you know just this sort of pure design pursuit. And I do I do still sometimes do that sort of thing, but. Um, I'm more mindful of the decisions I make about what fish I'm going to use or, you know, I do have some theories about totally domesticated fish. They, it's not a very, it's not a, a color form or anything that, that is uh, from the wild. They're very far, they're as far removed from the wild as your dog is from a wolf. A wolf. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you, you wouldn't, there's no particular demand to build a, uh, you know, a natural habitat for your, a wolf for your dog in your backyard. Uh, yeah. And there's no, yeah, yeah, there's no particular demand there. And your, and your dog is perfectly happy to live off of your charity and, uh, 
eat the food you provide for it, sleep on the couch, the bed with the soft places or whatever, um, and really doesn't want to be out in the cold and out in the rain and out in these other things, you know. It's a domesticated <laughs> animal. And so I've, for me, it's been developing a little more of a balance. Uh, and it's, it makes me curious about your work with Ty uh, because I know he's a more, he, he comes from the biotope realm of, of things, it does. you know, which, yeah. yeah. It does. Well, we're combining the two, you know, high-end aquascaping and the yeah, influences of biotopes. So they're not, they're not like super realistic biotope. You know, we can use hard tap water. It's we a vibe. Use... Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it's just telling stories to hopefully get the readers to connect with a little bit more about everyday decisions, you know? So for instance, um, Let's think of an example. Uh, cherry barbs, the natural habitats where cherry barbs come from is completely destroyed pretty much, you know, and luckily they're captive bred now here, yeah, Sumatra. And um, so if you kept, a lot of people keep cherry barbs. I've put some in uh, an aquarium today, in fact, coincidentally. And if you really care about, you know, you're interested in your cherry barbs, so you might read the book and go, oh, that's where the cherry barbs come from. And their habitat's now decimated because of palm oil production. Oh, I've Maybe I don't want to buy palm oil so much anymore because of the devastating impact this is having on the environment. So, you know, it might be a bit far-fetched to think that people might stop buying palm oil because of cherry barbs, but you see the you see the yeah, connection that people for sure. people only start to care about something if they're if there's a connection there, you know, and we can hopefully enable some of those connections by telling stories about the fish, where they come from, and setting up these aesthetically beautiful aquariums but they're still fulfilling the you know the, the fish's needs and they're actually such a i mean just for instance we're using illuminated backgrounds you know like um you know what i mean but we can have different color foils on to create these right. really cool different ambience and you know we're not necessarily using the leaf litter from the tree that that, that lives in that in, you know indigenous to that river where the but we can use something similar and we're just creating these vibes and i just think it's I don't know. It's just a really fascinating kind of way to take my hobby and just to connect yeah. people uh, and stop kind of this consumer-based aquarium keeping where everything's yeah. like plastic and, and fluorescent gravel and, you know, the, the typical entry into the hobby. Yeah. I'd really like hobbyists to pick up, you know, my book on aquascaping or Ty's book on, you know, aquatic habitats and they can do things hopefully in a bit more mindful way. And we're going back to, you know, wellness and just connecting people to something a bit deeper than just something that, that, that is pretty to look at. Yeah. Well, George, you know, I just want to state again that the, 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 there's a profound relevance in my view anyway, to the work that you're doing now um, to the message that you're bringing. I, I love the uh, melding of kind of what you're doing with Ty. So we're not trying to do hard biotope, uh, but we're not, we're giving a nod to the design, to the composition dimension. And it's more of a nod to these natural environments for the fish. But again, we're not, like you say, we're not trying to use the same the exact leaf that fell from the tree where the fish came from. Um, yeah. I think that could actually represent a, a new category even. I mean, if I'm if something we could kind of build on anyway um, in terms yeah. of just a new way to approach things. That's, I say category because I do find that that helps build momentum around a concept um, we don't yeah. have to define everything. It can just be the work that you're doing, but, um, to point people to it in terms of a specific endeavor, um, I think is, is really cool. The cool new direction that I love seeing you go in. And so is there anything else, George, that you could, you could, you could share with us about what's coming up for, for you for the year here or, uh, yeah. Um, I just, just carry on creating hopefully inspirational educational content that hopefully entertains as well a little bit um yeah just stuff that people connect with making people feel a bit better 
you know if they watch one of my videos hopefully by the end of it they might feel a bit more relaxed they might have connected with their own aquarium a bit more in a different way uh and just have fun as well you know we've we've gone quite deep on stuff but don't forget it's a fun hobby you know there's some Absolutely. brilliant people out there to work with some it's so easy now you know the equipment out there's you know compared to when we started you know t8 fluorescent tubes and diy co2 you know the to, to create a beautiful aquascape now is, is is relatively easy the knowledge is is accessible uh, in a few seconds um equipment's available i saw how much hardscape you guys got recently in a big container yeah. wow are you yeah. still sorting through that right now i guess more or less, I just I've re just redone the like seven new layouts in the gallery just because there was so much stuff that yeah. I was just was wow. super inspired and um yeah so but the just, only uh, only just other... to say oh, I'm sorry you go ahead well I was gonna say that the the only other thing that I would submit to you uh, humbly uh, to consider infusing into the content and you have, you you do this I think naturally already but um uh, and that would be. And this is based on feedback, by the way, of a lot of people that come into the shop and the feedback that I get from them. And that is infusing the content with a clearer sense of a process or, or sequence uh, that even if it's repetitious, uh, kind of creates the formulas or the recipes of the different projects or different aquariums that you're doing. And mm. even if you're deliberately pointing to kind of the recurring themes in there, the recurring processes, uh, because I do, uh, every day, literally every day, somebody comes in that has, uh, gotten into this by way of the internet and usually more over YouTube once they're getting more serious about right. it. And they're still really missing these essential sequences. I'm, I'm not entirely sure how, but it is something that needs work out there and you're such an important and, and vital yeah. guy and well-known guy out there and you know yeah. your content is going to come up for people when they're searching for this stuff your stuff's youtube is going to serve your videos at some point sooner or later uh when yeah. someone is wanting to get into this and uh, it's the number one thing that i see kind of missing out there and it's just a clearer sense of of sequence or like a recipe yeah, step by step, how to how to create this yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe even if it's yeah, even that's, that's good. if there's a downloadable PDF in the description or something that kind of has a breakdown, anything that gives people a clear because I still get the people all the time, George. They're trying to do the HC carpet in the five gallon nano with no CO two, um, and it's not going well. And they have yeah. watched so many videos, and it it's not just a naturally occurring thing to them that they. They may be missing essential ingredients or okay. it'd be like trying yeah, to yeah. guess how to make a certain dish as opposed to having uh, a recipe. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know, just my two cents on, uh, from a super influential content creator, uh, <laughs> what, what people, what people would, I'm sure benefit immensely from, but, um, yeah, I appreciate that feedback, mate. Thank yeah. You. Anyway, George, it's been a fascinating and awesome and lovely conversation i yeah I truly thanks man it's really it. really good to see you and uh might see you in the flesh 2024 uh but i'm cool. sure i see you online and yeah take care man awesome thank you so much man